Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tej Talks. I apologize, my voice sounds so croaky in this one. I've recently been off with a sore throat and all that shit. Um, but big shout out to Priya from BAME in Property. Go follow them on Instagram. Hook me up with an interview with which question mark, yeah, which question mark, uh, magazine, website, platform. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. They are awesome for reviews um, and looking at, you know, best ways to save money on things. And they have a podcast called The Witch money podcast so it's out and i've put a link in the show notes for this but this is me and rob from which talking about well property stamp duty what the hell is going on in the market so check it out my book is coming out very very soon it is almost done if you're not on the waiting list send me a dm and i'll get you on it it's going to cover i think 80 percent of everything you need to get your first brr property and there's some cheeky bits at the end which will probably help you scale as well Hi, I am Tej from the Tej Talks podcast. I am a podcaster and property investor. Um, I built a portfolio of £1.3 million in about nine months. Incredibly stressful, um, but definitely worth it. And my podcast has had over half a million listens in 100 different countries. Tej, thank you so much for for joining us on this week's edition of the, the Witch Money podcast. This week, we're talking about the impact the stamp duty holiday has made, what might happen in the future. So let's start there. What impact do you think the stamp duty holiday has had on the market? I think well, I think generally the market, you know, people are overpaying for things. Auctions are having their best years in 10 years, despite the fact we're in a global pandemic and you can't leave the house and people are losing their jobs. So it's a little bit weird. I think people have taken this holiday as some sort of like, oh, you, you know, you'll save two or three grand, but you'll overpay for your property. Kind of weird um incentive now you know i'm not saying it's a it's ever a bad time to buy your dream home but it certainly has increased you know stimulus in the market you speak to agents they'll say we're having our best months ever you know things are flying off the shelf above what we're asking we can increase asking prices so it's definitely done what i think the government wanted which is to stimulate and increase activity in the housing market whether these sales are going to actually you know you know, complete, and they're starting to drop out at the moment, whether they're actually going to go the whole way and really have the impact the government want in the long term and be a safe investment. That's a different story. Am I right in thinking that you've taken the decision that you aren't going to buy right now just because of the state of the market? And why is that? Yeah, so I stopped buying pretty much as soon as we went into lockdown. Um, And that would have been seven months ago now, I suppose, maybe maybe a bit less. And it was just, it was so unknown. And I think, you know, with the 2008 banking crisis, you could kind of see why it happened. You could kind of work it out. It was, you know, whilst most people necessarily didn't understand it, you could break it down and find the reasons for it. What we have here is a thing that we've never really been in. I mean, at least everyone who's alive hasn't lived through the Spanish flu or the bubonic plague or something that's had such an impact on every single human being. So, I stopped buying. And then as we went through it, I just, 
you know, I've just seen prices go, at the moment going way above what things are worth on investment properties. So, you know, things that are wrecks, but also on nice kind of, you know, family homes and really struggling to find an actual bargain at the moment. And also there's a lot of uncertainty about the end values. So, you know, lenders, rig surveyors, they're all kind of taking a bit of a, oof, maybe we should, you know, downvalue things basically to protect their insurance. But, you know, they have a valid point, which is no one knows what's happening. No one knows where we're going to be in a month, let alone six months. And so, you know, with the kind of strategy I have, my end value, whether I'm selling it or keeping a property is so, so important. And if I haven't got even an inch of certainty on that, I can't buy. And so, yeah, I, I, I've totally stopped for pretty much for that reason. You haven't been buying it, but you touched on it there and you have been selling. So what what has the process been like as a seller in all this uncertainty? Oh, God, it's been even worse than it normally is for sellers. Um, solicitors will use any excuse and they've got a big list as it is you know, for, oh, Corona this, Corona that, we can't get mail, we can't do this. So things are slow in that sense. Uh, Mortgage lenders are taking longer to process things because, again, you know, they're a bit outdated. They haven't got the full capacity to be working from home despite having four months of it. Um, Land registry, again, are very outdated. They're struggling to process things. Basically, it's one big backlog of of everyone. Um, and of course, it's a great excuse, isn't it? Oh, why aren't things done? Oh, you know, COVID. Yeah, I couldn't get out of bed this morning. COVID was just uh, standing away. It's just it's just kind of any excuse I find uh, to use COVID is, is slowing sales down. Also, um, I invest in Wales. So Wales has just gone into this super fire break or whatever lockdown. We can't have valuations on tenanted properties. Um, we can't and what that means is if i'm selling some of my properties which i am which are tenanted the set the buyer can't get a mortgage valuation for three weeks so now i'm sitting here literally sitting on my hands um not being able to progress this sale whatsoever physically unable to progress it because of this lockdown and of course if areas are in the highest tier in england then they potentially can't do valuations either which is really really going to slow things down so I would say COVID is a great excuse for people to work slowly, um, but also it is stopping some of the physical work from happening. So quite painful is how I'd summarise it. Now, I've spoken to a lot of different people in the industry and a lot of different areas of property who are saying that the big change now, especially as a result of the pandemic, is what sorts of property people are after. And now there's a whole different criteria that people are judging a potential property against and a potential purchase. As someone in your situation, as, a, as an investor, is this changing the sorts of properties that you're looking at or the sorts of thought processes behind this is how I should develop this property? I would say for a lot of people, it is going to change the way we think about investing, in particular, the kind of old school Magnolia type landlords. I would say, though, that I always try and go for the best finish possible within budget. And I always try and provide a little bit extra than the market does provide. So in some senses, no. So when it comes to finish, you know, I think people are going to look for a better finish, a better design a much nicer environment inside because they know they're going to be stuck inside, whether it's, you know, in the next lockdown or it's going to be the next pandemic, which we know we have, which is inevitable at some point, they know, 
I want to be stuck somewhere nice. So the first thing is the finish um, and the way you've designed your properties is going to change. The, the, the functionality of it, I think, is, is going to change and maybe have a bit more thought going into it because we're going to be locked in a bit more. Secondly, people are definitely, definitely now looking to buy houses with gardens. I think they still want the same kind of low maintenance garden, but... I'm having a lot of people say mm, that garden's not big enough. You know, um, I, I need it for me and the kids to play in. What if lockdown comes around? So gardens are a really big part that we need to consider. And especially on the rental side, you know, I think a lot of landlords can neglect the garden. But, you know, we got to think about it. Yeah, winter's coming. But if we have to stay in our houses, we need somewhere decent to walk out the back door and have a space to be outdoors that's not in public. Um, I think, thirdly, bedrooms. A lot of people are are having to and are enjoying somewhat working from home. Um, whether that means having a space in the garden where you can build like an outhouse, an you know, outbuilding, or having a second or third bedroom, you know, in in a house. So if someone was looking for a two bed before, now they might be looking for a three bed or a two bed with an extra lounge downstairs because they need a home office. So that combined with the design, the functionality, and, and I think having a nice garden space, it are kind of the biggest differences coming along. And, you know, people on viewings are mentioning, oh, we want another room for an office or we want that garden space. So there's definitely some changes that people need to implement that are not difficult to implement. And just finally, now, you're a man who obviously has a, a whole wealth of experience in this area. So I'm just wondering if you have got any predictions or any evidence based predictions for what you think might happen in the future. Great question. I think what goes up must come down. And inevitably, you know, we are putting a lot into the economy and we're going up. You know, house prices are increasing. There's, there's evidence for that online stimulus the number of rick surveyors going out to do mortgage valuations and the amount of lending is increasing the statistics are all there to support it so the housing market is busy despite the fact the world is kind of falling apart which is you know a bit strange so as we pump all this money and as we print all this money and we kind of boost the economy put all of this into the economy there has to be some correction now whether it's a great depression and everything you know drops or it's more of a kind of 5%, 10% drop. I think there has to be something because as furlough ends or we switch on to whatever Uncle Rishi has you know, got planned next, people are going to lose their jobs and they already have. Lending is not going to be available because, oh, sorry, you haven't got a salary. You haven't got a job. You're on furlough, which we're already seeing. So all these overpriced purchases are going to fall through. People are going to lose their income sources. Lending is going to dry up a little bit because people simply can't afford to take the lending. But I do think at some point there'll be some type of correction and whether it's a correction to the norm. So if everything's going for 10% above market now, it could just be, we go back 10% back down to normal, but I think there's going to be some impact. You know, I think we're kicking the can down the road. We're printing lots of money. We're doing what we can to support things bounce back loans banks have already appointed like a central uh, company to deal with the defaults they're expecting plenty of defaults you know some people have bought houses with these loans some people have done silly things with these loans so there's going to be some issues and there's going to be some debt that needs to be collected in some shape or form 
If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.